You should be very proud of your son. He gives without any thought of reward. Well, he knows nothing of greed. He has a... He has special powers. Yes. He can see things before they happen. That's why he appears to have such quick reflexes. It's a Jedi trait. He deserves better than a slave's life. Had he been born in the Republic, we would have identified Amano. The Force is unusually strong with him. That much is clear. Who was his father? There was no father. I carried him. I gave birth. I raised him. I can't explain what happened. Can you help him? I don't know. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 537, Christmas in the Lair. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Yoda to my old Ben Kenobi, two of the wise men this time of year, we have Carl LeClaire. I love it. Um, And thanks for making me Yoda, because I love Santa Yoda. It's such a great, uh, great piece of Star Wars Christmas art. I love it too. Santa Yoda is awesome, and then of course, you know, R two D two with the reindeer antlers is always fantastic as well. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about I forgot about Ray, uh, reindeer R two. Yes, Ru- Rudolph R two, uh, Rudolph D two, maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I am, as always, delighted to talk some Star Wars and Christmas. Um, obviously, as we record this, we are less than a week away from Christmas, which is just crazy, Jason. Um, yeah. And uh, we've been doing this for, for a few years now. Every year, our, uh, the week before Christmas, we like to put out an episode kind of dedicated to how Star Wars and Christmas overlap for us. Uh, and I, f- I feel like we've constructed a fun little episode for, for this week, uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. We're going to share a couple of uh, Star Wars scenes, movie scenes or others, that kind of encapsulate the spirit and feeling of Christmas. And we'll also be sharing a couple of memories of our own attached to Star Wars and Christmas time. So whoever you are, we are very excited that you're with us. If you're not someone who, who traditionally celebrates Christmas, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy just the fun of the show all the same. And uh, Jason, I don't think I shared this with you yet. Uh, I was talking, I was hanging out with Joe Hogan earlier today online, and uh, I was telling him about the episode that we were doing tonight. And I said, I asked him, you know, have you ever heard of Lessons and Carols? And I asked you the same question, Jason, have you ever heard of Lessons and Carols? I don't think so. That's fair. And Joe hadn't either, which I was like, okay, maybe it's not as well known as I thought it was. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Lessons in Carols is something that it, it's been done traditionally for a long period of time in the Anglican Christian church. 
Um, and essentially the way it works is it's usually done right before Christmas time. And it's a collection of uh, readings from scripture that are about the Christmas story or leading up to the Christmas story mixed in with Christmas carols. Um, it's a way to kind of get people into that, to the spirit of the season, if you will. And again, I obviously want to want to make it very clear that if those of you who are listening, if you are not a person who, you know, subscribes to the Christian tradition, that is absolutely fine. Uh, uh, Jason and I both happen to be, you know, Christians in, in mm-hmm. our own personal lives. Uh, so, but that was kind of what was going through my head. It was like thinking about this as like, what would the Star Wars lessons and carols be? So, so that's kind of like what was bouncing through my head. It was, it was thinking about moments in Star Wars that kind of capture the spirit of Christmas, this, this spirit of, of kind of like love entering into the world and, 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 uh, you know, the, the joy of magic, uh, I think even, and mm-hmm. even for folks that just, you know, do the, the Santa Claus route, you know, uh, there's, there's an element of magic and wonder at, at this time of year. So that was kind of what I was thinking about when I was picking out some of my scenes. Excellent. No, that that's really great. Um, when I was picking out my scenes, I was definitely thinking about a lot of, uh, you know, what, what does Christmas mean to me? And, uh, you know, what are some of the big important things um, that, you know, Christmas entails to to me and my family and the traditions that we have and stuff like that. And so uh, the scenes that I picked to, you know, sprinkle in with the memories uh, definitely uh, draw on the spirit of all of those those traditions, those those feelings of, of you know, the important things around this time of year for, for me and for my family and, and all the traditions that we, we like to share. So yeah, I love uh, that. it's, it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited about, to, to see how this all breaks down. Um, yeah. And, and I'm excited just as I'm, you know, sitting here chatting with you, I can see your beautiful Christmas lights outside your, outside your window there. They look so good. <laughs> yes. 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 That I deliberately, uh, normally when we record, you guys don't need to know any of this, but I have these blinds closed behind me because it's very bright usually and it wrecks the camera. However, I've got Christmas <laughs> lights on the balcony yeah, and I wanted so to have Christmas lights on for Carl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah. So what we're, you know, what we're basically going to do with, with, with this week's episode is, is like I said, look, just pick out some scenes and, you know, Jason, to me, a show like this is always just a fun opportunity to, th- to think about particular moments in Star Wars that maybe I don't talk about as often. And, and I'm happy to say that most of my moments that I want to chat about are, are things that I've never talked about at great length in the past. So I'm excited, which is a challenge when you've been doing a Star Wars show for 12 years. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. I, I will definitely agree with that. There's uh, there's a, a almost like a novel excitement when it comes to like, oh my gosh, I get to talk about this scene. I haven't talked about this scene in years, you know, <laughs> or, or ever maybe in some cases. But yeah, it's, it's really nice when we get to uh, look at either, either look at something new or look at something in a new light. And I think mm. there's, there's definitely a couple scenes that I've picked that I think we've, we've talked about on occasion, but I'm definitely getting to look at them in a brand new light in in light of uh, what uh, the topic is today. So yeah. uh, do you want to start or should I? Uh, I'm happy to start. So go for it. Uh, I kind of organized my, my, my Star Wars scene moments with a particular angle as if I'm trying to tell a narrative here. So even though they don't actually 
they do not chronologically make much sense. Um, I was thinking about them more thematically. So the first thing I want to talk about is a scene from the end of Rogue One. And um, I was I was so happy that I came up with a Rogue One moment. That's, I feel like that's a movie I don't talk about enough. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I know it's one of the most beloved of the new of the new films. But the end of the movie in Rogue One, when Jin is able to finally send the transmission to the fleet above with the Death Star plans mm-hmm. and Cassian asks her, you know, do you think anybody's listening? I do. Someone's out there is Jin's response. And the reason I wanted to, to talk about this particular scene is um, so. So, again, I, I want to give this caveat because in the past we have had people um, complain to us because we talk about religion to some degree. And I am in no way trying to imply that you need to be a person of faith. That is not what I'm trying to do. But but I want to give that caveat just because this this particular moment makes sense to me because of my understanding of uh, of my faith tradition. And the reason I say that is, uh, so this, this scene in Rogue One is really about uh, believing that there's something beyond you, believing that there is uh, some, someone or something listening, even if you're not going to see the, re- the result of that faith. And I think that's what's really beautiful in this scene is, Cassian is kind of the skeptic, um, I, I think a healthy skeptic, in the sense of like, all right, we've just sacrificed everything. You know, I mean, the entire Rogue One crew at this point has been taken out. Uh, not that they necessarily know that, but right, all of our heroes have fallen at this point. And, you know, and now, and when you, when you look back now that we've had a season of the Andor show, right, like Cassian is somebody who's been through the ringer. It, it makes mm-hmm. sense that he's a very skeptical character. Um, and, and and even you know tying this back to the speech he gives to Jin when they decide to go rogue and and head to Scarif, you know Cassian is somebody who is well aware that the rebellion he's been fighting is one that he's sort of troubled by, right? He's made some very questionable decisions and choices, and he wants to know that it's all for good. And I think here in these final moments, as they're sending those plans out, Cassian has this genuine kind of moment of a crisis of faith, if you will. And so far as, you know, did everything we just do, did this, did this accomplish anything? And I love that Jin is the one who responds with, yeah, somebody's listening. Um, it's this, it's to me, it's this concept of, um, you know, fighting for a future, even if it's one you're not going to enjoy. Um, and I think that, I think that's one of the central themes of rogue one in and of itself is that sometimes doing the right thing means that you give it your all, even if you don't see the, uh, the fruits of your labor. And, and I think that's what Cassian's kind of asking is, is, you know, did all of what we just fought so hard for, did it make a difference? Are we going to even do it? Are we going to even, you know, going to make any sort of good come out of this? And Jin is the one who kind of reinforces like, yeah, yeah, somebody's out there. Somebody's listening. Um, And this really I mean, this really ties into the concept of, um, you know, uh, coming out of this season of Advent, which is a season that a lot of Christians celebrate leading up to Christmas. Uh, It's it's the season really about longing and and yearning for uh, the divine to step in and 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 take action in, in the human story. And, um, 
I think that's what Jin is uh, affirming to. I mean, not in, a, not in obviously a Christian sense, but I think she believes that they're that the the things that they are fighting for will come to fruition. She believes mm-hmm. in what they've done, and even if they're not going to see it and experience it, something will break into uh, into the galaxy because of what they've done. And and we, of course, as outside observers to the Star Wars story, know that of course that these these plans do get out and in fact do wondrous things. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of where I wanted to start because I think so much of Rogue One is about that 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 belief that there's a brighter future out there, even if you don't directly get to experience it just yet. And I and I love the scene between Jin and Cassie and his his need to know that something will something good will come out of this and Jin holding on to the faith that something will um mm-hmm. that that uh you know to, to even speak in Star Wars language that that the force the force is at work in in what they have done and and that the force will respond uh, i really love this this moment in rogue one yeah no it it's a really good one and it and it sort of can you know the 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 searching uh, that that Cassian has, you know, do you think anybody's listening? And the confidence that Jin has in saying yes, you know, that that there is, that, that she believes there is, um, can all be sort of wrapped up in the one word that we get to end the movie from Leia. Mm. You know, what have they brought us? Hope. And that really is, you know, for, for people like you and me, um, you know, one of the big things that Christmas – is about is hope, you know, hope mm-hmm. for the future, hope for, you know, the, the human race in some, you know, sense. So obviously, you know, if you're you know part of the Christian tradition, um, but yes, the, I, I love that. I love that, that you brought that in. I, I was trying to think of something rogue one ish maybe to bring in or, or something from, you know, not, not the core movies, you know, to, mm-hmm. to bring in. And I, I didn't, didn't get anything. Uh, this time around. So I'm really glad you did. Uh, and I love the way you took it um, here. It was, that was really fantastic. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, well, what's, what's the first one for you? Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, the, the way I sort of ordered mine is, uh, is sort of the, the, I don't know. I was going to try and say something and my brain just stopped. So I'm going to just tell you what the first <laughs> yeah. one I've got. Why don't you just is. go for it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually, um, you know, the Wampa's lair and the Wampa using Luke as a decoration for Christmas. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it, it, it's actually funny enough. Uh, Dex's diner. Um, Mm. we get Obi-Wan and Dex reuniting. It's old friends coming back together. Mm. Uh, and, and that's something that, you know, is a a big, you know, deal to me around this time of year. I've got, you know, great memories of some of my old friends, you know, from Christmas throughout the years. Um, we don't normally get together, uh, around Christmas anymore because we all have families all over the place and we're all over the country, but, uh, we we still make it a point to connect and to talk and uh, all that sort of thing 
uh, as Christmas comes together and relive old times and things like that. And so, uh, you know, even just the idea of, of sitting down across a table in a restaurant somewhere and reminiscing uh, with an old friend, it, it there's something in Christmas that, you know, has that, that sort of that yearning, that the desire, that, uh, that reunion, if you will, um, of old friends or, or family that you just haven't seen in a long time, because obviously a lot of us, we, we travel, um, you know, to visit family or, or relatives or, or friends in some cases. Uh, and it's always just a wonderful feeling to get to, to see an old friend again. So that's, uh, that's the first one I wanted to bring up. I love that. I, man, that is definitely nothing I would have thought of, Jason. I, I think that's so great because, right, to me, I think of a scene like that and it's like, oh, it's all about like Investigator Kenobi and, and, and uh, Point Dexter. <laughs> um, right. But, oh, man, that's I mean, that's such an element of, of I think the joy of the Christmas season is is the ability to just reunite with old friends or see old family and and kind of the joy in which you just fall into that. And, you know, taking out of the taking out the context of the reason Obi-Wan is going to Dex's diner, um, you know, just him showing up and, you know, Dex just being so happy to see him and the way they just embrace. I mean, that that really is that that experience of seeing somebody you haven't seen for a little bit and, and just mm-hmm. joyfully reuniting. You know, I think that's such an element of the holiday season. Hey, old buddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls up pants. Um. <laughs> oh, so my friend, what can I do for you? You can tell me what this is. Well, that's your present. It's <laughs> it's a Camino Saban art. <laughs> yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I've given you a mystery for the holidays. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you tell me what this is? It's a gift, Obi-Wan. It's a, it's a gift. It's a, no, never mind. Now we're just mixing. <laughs> now we're characters. just trying too hard. <laughs> so, yeah, time to move on. Maybe, maybe. Just uh, a bit. I love that. Uh, no, I love that. I love that one. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! So, uh, well, my my next scene comes from The Empire Strikes Back. Shocking! It's not the Wampus Lair, but not long after, and it's when Obi Wan appears to Luke when Luke is kind of oh, all alone in the snowy wilderness kind of has given up at this point, not, not given up, but like he's kind of just come to the end here. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there's such a big element of, of, of Christmas s- storytelling, at least is the idea of snow. <laughs> I mean, Jason, that's something you've never yes. really known at Christmas time, except for when maybe visiting other family, but <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. L- living in Texas and Arizona, you don't normally get snow. Uh, it's it's sort of a miracle if it actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, growing so growing up in upstate New York, I mean, we had snow almost every Christmas as a kid, um, and then global warming really kicked in, and now it's rare to get a white Christmas. But <laughs> um, you know, uh, but the reason I wanted to, to to mention this scene is 
Because it's it's this moment where our hero is at a point of almost despairing, right? And 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 understandably, right? Luke has barely survived this encounter with a wampa. He's stuck out in a blizzard in the middle of nowhere, feeling all alone. Probably this is it for me. And then, boom, the force shows up in the person of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And and it bolsters Luke's spirits. Uh, it's somebody who shows up. He's not alone. Um, he also believes that, you know, for all he knows, I mean, the last time he saw Ben, Ben was dead. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And while he's heard his voice, of course, in A New Hope, it's, you know, probably quite a shock to see him <laughs> visibly and physically there in some capacity. Uh, and and I think it's such an important it's an important part of the story because it keeps the story going. It, it, it's, it's the force showing up in this moment of utter darkness and despair and saying, keep going, keep going. There's more for you to do still, right? Obi-Wan shows up with a directive. You know, your, your mission continues, find Yoda, go to Dagobah, continue what, what I've started you on. Um, but continue. And I think that's such a beautiful uh, theme of, of Christmas is that, you know, sometimes it's when we're at our lowest, when we're when we're really despairing, that we need that that light of uh, of the reminder that we're not alone. Um, and and I think Obi-Wan shows up to bolster Luke's spirits in that way um, and, you know, keeps the story going, gives him something to, to work towards and to move forward at. And this is something I, I this was also an opportunity for me, Jason, to also bring this question to you, because it's one I've been asking for 35 years. Um, well, maybe not 35, but 30 years. <laughs> um, as soon as Obi-Wan disappears, you know, Ben, and then he's gone. <laughs> but then, boom, here comes Han. I have always my my headcanon for that moment is that Obi-Wan helps Han find Luke in some way. Do do you think that that's true? I mean, obviously, there's no hard answer to this. Um, But for me, that was always kind of my headcanon, because as soon as he disappears, Han shows up. And my young brain, and I've always just stuck with this because I thought young Carl was wiser than old Carl. um, And for me, this was Obi-Wan, yes, showing up to Luke, but he also somehow guides Han on the way to go. What do you think? Am I just stretching here? I... Maybe, but I don't think too much. Uh, I don't think Han sees Obi Wan. Sure, but I don't think so. Either. I would, I would be shocked if there wasn't some sort of tug or gut feeling that Han got that he needed to come this way, uh, and, and that could have been provided by Obi Wan Kenobi. I don't think you're. Str- I don't think it's too far of a stretch. Um, I, I think it, it's entirely possible, it, it, particularly with the fact that, you know, the state that Luke is in, Obi-Wan appears to give him a quest. Uh, and he wouldn't do that if he didn't think that Luke was going to survive the night. Mm. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, obviously, you know, the last time we see Han before this this scene is he's there, you know, walking around in the snow with his his scanner 
and it doesn't look like it's doing any good. Mm -hmm. And then the next time we see him, it says Obi-Wan fades uh, and he's charging up, you know, like he's on a mission uh, to, to rescue Luke. So, which, I mean, of course he is, but um, yeah, I, I can totally see that. I would, I would believe it. So, yeah, I, like I said, that's been my headcanon for years. Um, and, 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 and I, I agree. Like, I don't think Han sees Obi-Wan, but there, I think some way, shape or form Obi-Wan, like you said, kind of draws, yeah, draws, draws him in the right direction. Um, a beacon. Yeah. A beacon of a hope. Beacon of hope. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but, uh, what's your, what's your next moment? Uh, my next one, and this is probably, you know, a pretty, uh, on the nose one for, especially, you know, for those of us who are, uh, you know, celebrate the Chris, the Christian Christmas tradition. Um, and it is the story of, of the chosen one and Mm. how, how Shmi, uh, came to to be carrying him you know it, it, i carried him i gave birth. there was no father i carried him i gave birth i raised him i can't explain what happened and you know it's just the immaculate conception idea you know obviously you know Ooh, uh, i get i sorry i just I, I always have to correct people with this because everybody gets immaculate conception wrong um as a as a theologian sure um the immaculate conception is actually about mary so the Immaculate Conception teaches that Mary was conceived without sin. The it's the incarnation is what makes Mary give birth to Jesus without a, thank you a physical being. But the Immaculate Conception is that. about Mary, not Jesus. So thank you for so, that clarification. I'm not, not trying to uh, Christian explain you, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something that uh, Jason it, yeah. really appreciates. No, this, it's this it's well, it's funny because like Immaculate Conception is. Uh, I mean, it's it's really only big in mostly like the Catholic Christian tradition, as well as maybe some right. like Anglican traditions, but most like mainstream Christianity do- doesn't really prescribe to it. And I think that's just why it's misunderstood is most people think of the Immaculate Conception as being about Jesus, but fun fact, right. it's actually about Mary being conceived without sin. So love it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, please. <laughs> I'd like to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sorry. Um. <laughs> sorry to all of you that don't give a flying hoot about this, uh, about Christianity. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the the whole idea of the, you know, Anakin being conceived without a father and all of this mm-hmm. stuff and you know by the force itself, mm-hmm. you know, it the it it is very much not a subtle nod to, you know, the the conception of Jesus, to to Jesus being, you know, you know, born of Mary by, you know, through God and all of this stuff, you know, with without <laughs> uh intercourse shall we shall we say um so it, it is extremely extremely on the nose that george lucas did this um which totally fine however it is you know a big part of the season for for christians and uh, all of that you know it is why we celebrate you know uh to a large extent this time of year so uh and you know, considering the fact that that it is, you know, my faith is such a big important part of of my life and my the way I, I operate, uh, I would be remiss if if I didn't mention this because it really, you know, it is an important part. It is a very incredible part of 
the story of of Christ and you know the it, it begins his journey to redeem the world and all of this stuff which is a very important you know thing for me and so to have that you know celebration you know that be a main reason for the celebration and have it be reflected in Star Wars very obviously uh it's hard not to make the connection and so I I wanted to make sure I I brought it in here hmm. so. yeah no I, I mean that's the last one I was going to talk about myself so um yeah I mean it's kind of the culmination if if you will of of my little Star Wars lessons and carols <laughs> um but yeah you know Perfect. i mean it's it's pretty obvious even again like even if folks saw this this movie who are not practicing christian folk you know i mean it's it's pretty common knowledge at least in the western world that you know jesus was born of a virgin um mm-hmm. so this you know this concept being brought into star wars it's it's pretty obvious the 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 parallel um that's being drawn there um but i think even in the context of star wars um it's it's really pointing out that the force is really showing up in a profound way in the in the galactic story, um, and yeah. and I think it's important that that Qui Gon is the one who's looking for it. Qui Gon, in a way, again, if to draw on the the Christmas scriptural story, Qui Gon is is the three wise people in one, right? He's the one who's seeking mm-hmm. that star. He's the one who's constantly looking out into the stars looking for this chosen one this promised one um and 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 also in line with several stories throughout the um you know the sacred texts of both christians and jewish folk is this idea that uh god raises up people from unknown places that they're kind of the yeah uh, they're not the people you would expect. You know, that's the story of David. It's the story, the story of Saul. It's the story of Jesus from Nazareth, this scummy little backward town. Um, yep. And it's the story of the force working through an enslaved woman on the backwater world of Tatooine, right? It's, it's that same concept that the force also chooses unlikely people. Uh, the, the chosen one isn't Yoda. It's not uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's not one of these well-known you know, uh, what you would expect the chosen one to be. It's instead this young enslaved boy on the planet of Tatooine, you know, yeah. who, who is, uh, who is too old to begin the training. Right. He doesn't fit. He doesn't yeah. fit in the current mold. Exactly. He, he kind of, yeah, that's, that's also an important element is, is that it doesn't, it doesn't follow the tenets of dogma dogmatic tradition uh the force flows as it wills not as people dictate um and you know and 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 obviously if you want to get into some of the cool like legends backstory like in the novel of darth plagueis right plagueis shortly before the events of phantom menace is manipulating medichlorians trying to create life palpatine's also on that quest and that again now i mean obviously it's a legends novel now the the plagueis novel but it kind of insinuates that the force's response to these dark machinations of the Sith is to bring the chosen one into, into life. Um, right. And, and so, you know, I think that even in the context of the story of star Wars, it's trying to tell us that the, 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 the mystical reality of star Wars, that is the force. Um, and of course, Phantom Menace is the first movie that gives us an indication that the force has a will, which would indicate that there's some level of consciousness to it. Um, that the force wills this 
child into existence to try to to counter the growing darkness of the Sith, right? So the right. Force does have a will, and the Force intercedes and interacts with the galactic story, um, which is the story of Christmas too. It's this this idea that the divine steps into the human story to try to correct the ways in which we're falling short. Um, and right. I think you know that's the intentionality of the Force with bringing Anakin into the into existence, and and I love the way that Shmeed kind of shares that news. Is you know um, I I almost wonder if she's told other people this, and I would wager. I same here. Yeah, I feel like no, right? Because that's insane. Who's going to believe yeah. her? I'm sure for Qui-Gon. her. Qui-Gon yeah. is the only one. Exactly. And I think she tells Qui-Gon. It, 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 side note, like I think a lot of us hardcore Phantom Menace fans love love the notion of that. There's just there seems to be a really beautiful intimacy between Shmi and Qui-Gon, right? Um, yes. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's romantic, but there is a beautiful intimacy between the two of these characters. And I think her confessing that full truth to Qui-Gon is an indication of that. She really trusts him. She under, I mean, I think she obviously knows he's a Jedi, not that she fully understands what that could all mean, but she trusts him enough to tell him the full truth. And, um, and I, you know, I can't explain what happened. I mean, that is, that is a persistent theme in, in the Christmas story is, you know, when these angelic beings show up and scare the hell out of the shepherds, they're like, don't be afraid. It's okay. It's all good news. We bring, you know, right. Shmi is kind of in this state of wonder and awe and Qui-Gon sees that and kind of reflects it back. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. And he immediately knows what he has stumbled across. Um, mm-hmm. So Shmi has the vulnerability to share the truth with Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon has the faith to receive it and be like, aha, I have found what I've always been looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I love it's it. so good. It's so perfect. Um, so. but what is, what is, what was the, the, the last, uh, moment you wanted to share? Uh, this is, this is definitely, uh, one that that's incredibly personal for, for me and my, the traditions that my family has, um, this is C-3PO's bedtime story, uh, which is a scene that we love talking about, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, from Re- return of the Jedi, obviously 3PO is, is telling the story of our, uh, our heroes to the Ewoks in order to elicit their support against the empire. The reason why this is a Christmas type memory for me is my family every Christmas Eve for as long as I can remember, we have gathered around the Christmas tree and my dad has read the Christmas story from the Bible. Mm. Um, And it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a, tradition that we've done as i said it since since i can remember uh and it's always been you know something that i enjoy doing but as i've gotten older and you know moving away and you know starting to realize that you know maybe i'm gonna have to start creating traditions on my own especially you know lord willing i i get to start my own family down the road um this one is definitely garnered you know great this tradition has definitely garnered greater significance to me as a very special time um just for for my family and uh we you know i often end up just sitting on the floor right next to the christmas tree Mm -hmm. and all the presents are underneath it uh while my dad in 
a voice that should be narrating audiobooks um, <laughs> <laughs> re- reads the Christmas story uh, either out of the Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of Luke, uh, depending on what he's drawn to that year. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. So, uh, and that's why that's why the scene of of C three PO telling the story it, it is revisiting an old tale but sharing it in a very intimate place uh you know with with people that matter mm-hmm. uh, you know obviously all of the heroes that have lived through these stories are there and you know it's it they they matter and it's it's sort of a nice way for them to relive and realize how far they've come um and all of that but the the setting of it all and the the sort of intimacy of it of that scene and the tradition that my family has is is why that is linked now for me as a sort of a Star Wars Christmas type memory mm-hmm. uh, a start Christmas type scene mm-hmm. for me. So I love I love it, Jason. I mean, that that was one I, I thought of right away. But I was like, no, I've, I've talked about this so much. Um, and uh, I'm so but I'm so glad you put it in because absolutely. I mean, I think that is one of the the tenderest things about the Christmas season is the opportunity to just gather with friends and or family um, mm-hmm. and just tell stories or, or gather and, and tell the same stories. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's something really special about this. And this is, you know, as you were talking, Jason, it made me think about not to be selfish and egotistical here, but uh, a point I made on last week's episode, which uh, <laughs> about how much I've been rewatching Empire Strikes Back again lately and, and how I, you know, have really been enjoying like reciting along to the movie because it allows this level of participation. Um, I think, you know, that story you just shared, uh, which is a very beautiful one about your family, you know, every year getting to be together and and retelling this very important story to your family in, in particular, but also to, you know, an, an entire uh, tradition of people throughout the world. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation, though, to also be a part of that story. Um, and I yeah. think that's what and that's really what happens in this moment in Return of the Jedi is 3PO tells this really epic story and the point of it, um, if you really think about it, the point of it is is to get the Ewoks on their side. It's to get them to participate mm-hmm. in the story as well as here's our story up to this point. Do you want to be part of it? Right. It's it's kind right. of this invitation to be a part of that story. Um, and I think I, I mean, for me, any any authentic expression of of a living Christian faith is a is is an invitation into that story every year of all right. God is doing wonderful things showing up in the world. How are you going to participate in that? How are you going to magnify that? Right. Um, right. Otherwise it's just a story. Um, and I think for three PO, this could be just a, you know, as, as the track is titled on the uh, soundtrack, three PO's bedtime story. Is this just going to be a bedtime story or is this going to be a story that bright tree village wants to be a part of? And of course they choose to be part of it and, mm-hmm. and help the rebellion win the day, you know? So I- there's there's a power in retelling stories because it allows you to see things in a new way. It allows you to participate in them in a new way. And let's be real, Jason, as Star Wars fans, we love revisiting the same stories. <laughs> yeah, know? absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I like how you said that, you know, it, it is sort of, you know, is it could it just be a bedtime story or is it a story to get them to participate in? And it, that got me thinking because, you know, a lot of times bedtime stories sort of you know, especially for young kids, it's this, it's a story that sort of spans the, uh, 
real and dreams. Uh, you know, it, it sort of has that sort of magical quality to it, a bedtime story getting, mm. you know, as you, you know, because if, if it's done right, the bedtime story continues once you fall asleep, you get to kind of dream about it if, you, if it really works. And so it, it, it sort of has this transcendent effect and it is intimate uh, in the sense that, you know, it's, it's just you and the story and the teller and the storyteller. Um, but it also allows you to be able to participate in it, uh, you know, as well. And so, and the, the family tradition I was talking about is always done, you know, sort of the last big thing that we do uh, at night after, after, you know, whatever event we've done on Christmas Eve or, uh, you know, if we had dinner or something, we'll come back. You know, my dad goes to bed early. And so it's like the last thing he does before he just, you know, conks out for the night. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so it is, you know, uh, it's dark outside. The only lights that are on at the time are the Christmas lights and whatever light my dad needs to read by. You know, it's it's a very intimate sort of magical experience. And having that kind of reflected with 3PO's bedtime story, mm. uh, it's... I'm getting a little emotional right now <laughs> thinking about it. So, but yeah, uh, that's, that's the scene that I think that I really wanted to hit yeah. this year. Uh, yeah. So. Trunk to gush. Master Luke. At Chimini <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was just coming to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. So. I love it. I love it. Um, well, to, to close out our episode, we're just going to share a couple of our own particular Christmas memories around Star Wars. And, you know, before we before we record, hit record, Jason, obviously we were talking about how we've we've shared, you know, these stories a lot over the years because we love talking about these sorts of things uh, during the holiday season. So the stories I'm going to I've chosen to tell are are ones I have told in the past. So if you if you're a longtime listener, forgive me for repeating myself, but. Um, I, I chose these couple because they mean a lot to me this year. And it actually, the first one I want to mention, Jason, flows very well from the point you were making with 3, 3PO's bedtime story. And for me, uh, it was in my earliest, earliest experiences as a Star Wars fan, before I ever owned the movies, uh, they used to play them on the sci-fi channel um, around the holiday season. And I just remember, um, it's you know, it's funny because memory, of course, is not foolproof. I think a lot of times our right. own memories get mythologized and I've probably mythologized this memory more than the actual thing, but who cares? That's the importance of, <laughs> of telling stories. Um, it was pr- probably only two years that we did this, but <laughs> I remember <laughs> when we were decorating our Christmas tree and watching the empire strikes back. And the year after that, it was, I remember watching empire and then Jedi came right on after it. And we just kind of kept watching it. And because I didn't have any physical copies of the movies at the time, it was this really special opportunity to get to watch these stories that I had kind of just fallen in love with. Like my cousins had bootleg versions, you know, recorded off of HBO. That's where I'd seen them for the first time, but it was kind of this fun opportunity to, to watch them with my immediate family while decorating the tree. Um, and and it was just there was just something so special about because Christmas has always been my favorite time of the year, and to get to to, to experience uh, 
getting ready for the season by decorating our tree together, we also got to watch my favorite stories. Um, it was, it was pretty (laughs) magical. Um, and, and, uh, you know, as I insinuated earlier, you know, growing up, uh, in upstate New York for so much of my childhood, I mean, we always had white Christmases and I, I remember that first year doing it, you know, we were watching the battle of Hoth on our little, you know, probably 20 inch TV screen because TV screens were much smaller back in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean, they had yes, big ones, but were. only rich people had them. Um, so, right. and they also took up half the room. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and weighed about 300 pounds. Um, but I remember when, as we were watching the empire strikes back, decorating the tree, it was also snowing outside. And I just remember going outside the next morning to recreate the battle of Hoth with my brothers. Like we would, we would dig out echo base in the, the snow banks out front, the front front of the house. We'd go play in the woods with the toboggan, pretending it was our T 47 snow speeder. Um, it was just so great. Uh, I, I, that will always be one of my fondest memories. That's, that's a spectacular memory. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love hearing it every time you tell it, Carl. <laughs> Thanks. So, <man. laughs> um, this, this memory is one I've definitely told on the podcast before. Um, but it, it was one of the biggest like star Wars gifts I got at Christmas time. Mm. Um, and it, it was, uh, it was a big deal because it hadn't arrived at Christmas. Uh, it was sort of, uh, so I got like, my mom had like created a little certificate of what it was. And that was wrapped under the tree. And so I opened it up like the early bird certificate back in the seventies. Yeah. A, l- <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit like that. <laughs> a little bit like that. Um, but on it was the, uh, it's like about a foot and a half or two foot tall, like interactive R2D2, mm. uh, that you could get, you know, for, you know, it was, um, from like sky magazine or something like, you know, it was also uh, elsewhere, but I think that was the first place I'd seen it. We, you know, flying somewhere, I'd seen it in Sky Magazine or something. But um, it was uh, on its way, uh, but because of demand, it was delayed in its arrival. Um, and so, you know, I got to know, oh my gosh, I'm getting R2-D2. This is amazing. And then I got to wait for you know like another week or two before it finally arrived uh and then my mom insisted on when the package came that we still had the christmas tree up it was still barely holding on you know into january um but she insisted that i sit in front of the christmas tree when the package showed up (laughs) and open it in front of the christmas tree like everything else had i had um and you know so i i kind of got to extend christmas that year because R2-D2 didn't show up on time. So... <laughs> a um, surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Yeah, but a welcome one. <laughs> uh, but yes, so uh, that was that was a fantastic uh, memory and stuff like that. So I, I, I love, love uh, that thing. And I still have it. Uh, I haven't like, turned him on in a while, but he sits... Uh, on the floor in my bedroom, sort of keeping an eye on, on the hallway. Oh, is that uh, what that's and, from? Oh man, I've seen this in real life. Yeah. It's so, oh man. Now I'm you gonna, have seen this in real yeah, life. Oh man, I didn't realize it was that one. That's so cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, at one point the, uh, I hadn't changed the batteries in forever and they, you know, 
leaked. So I haven't tried refilling the batteries and turning it back on since then. I'm sure it's fine, but um, <laughs> it's uh, he he still sits there and he watches and he kind of keeps an eye on things for me uh, in my bedroom. And when you open the front door, uh, you can see straight through to where he is. Uh, you know, if you look down through my apartment, so that's uh, one of the first things I see when I walk in every time. It keeps you safe from all those. Uh, gosh, I can never remember the name of the they cahoons. Cahoons. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Keeps you safe yeah. from all the cahoons that are trying to be put in through your window. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. He's he's my little guard. Yeah, <laughs> my little guard dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, that's the first one I've got. Uh, what's what's your next memory that you want to share? Yeah, it's actually so kind of connecting it to my first one. And this was probably my second year as a Star Wars fan Christmas getting the uh, the 1995 box set VHS copy of the original trilogy. Um, and it's if for those of you who, who, you know, like me or, you know, early 90s mid 90s Star Wars fans got into it during what's called the dark times. You'll remember this box set it has Darth Vader on the cover, his helmet on the cover for a new hope stormtrooper helmet for empire and Yoda's face for return of the Jedi. Uh, I remember um, again, I've told the story before, but when we were, when we were young, our family used to do um, when we would come home from our Christmas Eve church service, our parents would always give my brothers and I a gift together. Like we, it would be one gift for us to share and this year they gave us the Star Wars trilogy. And I remember both of my brothers probably being like, what the hell? Like, we don't really care about Star Wars. I mean, I was ecstatic, right? This was this was Ben Kenobi handing me my father's lightsaber. <laughs> you know, these were <laughs> these were the stories that I'd actually only I still hadn't actually even seen A New Hope. <laughs> um, but I had only ever seen I think I'd seen Empire three or four times at that point, And same with Return of the Jedi. Um, but now I finally had them. I owned them. And, you know, uh, when I was when we got them, it was probably just a day or two after Christmas where I went to both of my brothers individually and I was like, what can I trade you so that I can have your ownership of these movies? <laughs> um, and I remember, I mean, to this day, I remember my older brother was like, Carl, I don't care. You can have it. Um, and I don't remember what I gave my younger brother, but he wanted something. I just don't remember what. But um, <laughs> I gave him whatever he wanted so that I could have full ownership of that box set. Um, and right. It, it, it matches so well with my first memory because that first memory was like, oh my gosh, there was something special. Star Wars is on TV. I don't own these yet. This is so great. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, it was probably all of two years later where I finally had, you know, a copy of them for myself that I could sit down and watch on repeat, which I did for years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, even tying it back to your, you know, 3PO's bedtime story. This was this was an opportunity for me to go back to these stories as often as I wanted to so that I could feel like I was part of them. Um, and, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously at that at that early age in my life, you know, 10 to 12 years old, you know, my imagination was constantly, constantly sparking and the ability to go watch these stories as often as I wanted to that fed that imagination. It was just, it was just a beautiful gift. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, to this day, I, I, I would say to this day, that's probably still the best Christmas gift I've ever gotten. Um, and, and, (laughs) and I remember because that same year, that spring in school. So I was probably in, 
I don't know, fourth grade. Um, we had an assignment where we had to write, uh, a short story about, you know, if, if you, if you're, gosh, this, maybe I'm misremembering it cause this seems pretty dark, but I pretty much remember the assignment being like, imagine your house catches fire <laughs> and, and you can only save, right? Like one or two things. What are you saving and why? And I, I remember writing the only, the, the things I'm saving, are my Star Wars trilogy box set, and I think I said my my Bible. <laughs> but, um, so, and, and to this day, I mean, I always joke. Like, I mean, I've done youth ministry for a lot of my life, and I always joke to the kids that, you know, Scripture's my favorite story, but followed very closely by Star Wars. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, that box set just meant everything to me. It it, oh, it sat on the center of my my bookshelf for so many years. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I love the heck out of it. You still have it, don't you? I, so I do, but it's not the one that I got. Cause I remember when my dad sold the house that I grew up in several years ago, he was like, you need to come, you know, need to come back in town, keep the things you want and throw out what you don't. So my entire shelf of VHS tapes. So this was, you know, 2010, I think it's like, I didn't even have a VCR. I was like, I don't need any of these VHSs. So I just told my dad, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, just take them to goodwill. Um, so I got rid of it. And then, you know, years later I was like, actually probably not long after we started the podcast, I was like, you know what, even though I don't have a, I mean, I have a VCR now. <laughs> Thanks Joe Hogan. Um, but, uh, you know, but I, but I, I was like, I need to, I need to own those. So I, I grabbed a set off of eBay. Um, but they nice. are not my original ones. So. Well, that's probably fine because the original ones probably couldn't be played too much longer anyways. Uh, yeah, I think them. the Empire Strikes Back tape especially, man, that thing was scorching hot every time I took it out. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that. I watched that thing so much. Uh, um, so what, what was the, what is the last story you're going to tell us? Uh, the last story I'm going to tell, uh, it's, a, it's a definitely the most recent Star Wars uh, Christmas memory I have. And, uh, you know, I moved... Uh, For those of you who don't know, I moved from, you know, living with my family uh, to a new city uh, in June of last year. Uh, And, you know, not too far away. I can still drive back and and see them uh, for, you know, the weekend or something if I if I want to do that. Um, But. Last year, I got my very own Christmas tree Um, and. I got to decorate it how I wanted to decorate it. And thanks to uh, visiting Carl, not too long before, I had a whole bunch of Star Wars Hallmark ornaments. Uh, And I got to decorate my Christmas tree with all the Star Wars ornaments. (laughs) Uh, Plus others that I have. Uh, My mom has made sure... Over the years, I'm well stocked with Christmas ornaments. Um, I have more than I can use on my Christmas tree. Um, so, uh, but just being able to sort of create this thing that's now mine, you know, obviously Christmas is, is a big deal for for my family and for me. And, uh, you know, one of the big important things for me anyways is getting a real tree because the smell is so tied in with this time of year to me. So I, I went and I bought a real tree. And then I got to decorate it and I did the same thing again this year. Um, and, you, you know, uh, I've sent pictures to Carl and Qui-Gon Jinn is top and center um, on my Christmas tree. So. 
where he belongs. <laughs> yes, one of the wise men. Um, but yes, uh, and then there's you know the other stuff. I've got R two D two with antlers. I've got the Naboo Starfighter. There's Yoda is on there, and BB eight, and uh, you know there's you know some you know fun stuff. And uh, I'm I'm tempted to go pick up the Boba Fett and Rancor ornament that Hallmark has put out this year um, to sort of start adding to my collection, Mm. but uh, I haven't done that yet. So, um, but yeah, being able to sort of uh, incorporate my love of star Wars in the form of these ornaments, which I, I still remember sitting Carl uh, down in in your basement, going through the box of ornaments and (laughs) pulling out the ones that I, you know, it's like, Here's the all the duplicates I have. Take whatever you need and everything like that. And just you know, going through it was it was literally like Christmas um, <laughs> in October. Uh, going through all of those uh, to to pick out my ornaments, and now they are very much a proud part of my own Christmas tradition. Uh, getting able to do all of this, uh, so thank you for that. Um, but yeah, it just it it's really fun being able to to take an ownership of, of all of that this, you know, the last couple of years and, and to start something of my own uh, with star Wars at Christmas time. So. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I love that they, they mean that much to you. And I mean, I, and I was lucky because I think it was the year prior to that um, mm-hmm. where I was in town visiting, visiting my dad. And uh, I still have one close friend from, from my hometown. I kind of lost touch with everybody over the years, but this one friend, he lives was right near my dad, uh, and uh, I was visiting him one year right around Christmas time, and uh, he's got a couple of kids and uh, right now, and uh, he was like, "Hey man, would you want my you want my Star Wars ornaments?" And I was like, "Yeah, you don't want them." He's like, "No, I I just don't have any use for them anymore." So I was like, "Sure, I'm happy to take them." And he comes up from his basement with three boxes full of Hallmark Star Wars <laughs> Christmas ornaments, many of whom were doubles because. Uh, he, he, he had one brother growing up and his mom would always buy each of them the same thing so that they would never get jealous <laughs> um, Fair, <laughs> and it worked to my advantage. So, yeah. So kudos to my buddy, Chris, for, for hooking me up. And, you know, I mean, I gave you a ton of the duplicates plus some extras. Uh, I gave some to, you know, my, my pal Greg and my, my friend Ben, um, gave, gave some away on the show back a couple years ago. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was great. Um, and of course my, my tree is at this point, it's pretty much nothing but Star Wars ornaments because <laughs> um, I, I usually buy one ornament a year, although I stopped I stopped last year and I didn't buy any also this year because I just I have so many as it is that it's like I don't really need any more. So if I, if I see something I really want, I'll definitely get it. And I did really want to get that Han and, you know, the carbon freezing chamber hallmark ornament they put out this year. Um, mm. the one that actually like it goes down and then comes back up with him in carbonite. I think oh, it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. 80 bucks. It's expensive. Um, but they've sold out like every, like they sold out online right away. Um, I had a couple friends that went and checked Hallmark stars and they're like, yeah, they're not there. So I keep forgetting to, I don't even know where there is a Hallmark store around, <laughs> around me to be honest, but I kind of gave up on the search. Cause I was also just like, ah, I, and maybe I'm wrong about the price, but I could have sworn it was $80 and I'm like, I don't know if I can justify $80, but, um, but it was, I mean, it's a, it's a really cool ornament. And if I can find it affordably at some point, I will definitely get it. And that's the type of thing. It's so heavy. I probably wouldn't even put it on the tree. 
Um, yeah. And no, you, you'd I, have to get like a stand or something for it yeah. and just like display it somewhere. Well, a couple, uh, I mean, two of my favorite, the, while they are Star Wars Christmas decorations, um, my buddy Greg several years ago gave me a beautiful uh, Wampa's Lair snow globe. Like it's Luke hanging upside down in a snow globe with the Wampa outside of it. And then a couple of years after that, my friend Ben gave me a Christmas tree ornament of Luke in the Wampa's Lair with the Wampa in the background. So, uh, like obviously anything Wampa's Lair, I, I, I have to have. Um, right. So, and it's, and it's so special because it was given to me from two of my favorite people. So, um, you know, so those are out, those are out year round. Those are not just part of my Christmas collection. Those are year round <laughs> Star Wars accoutrements, <laughs> but, uh, um, those are things I'll, yeah, I, I got to take a photo of those together. Those, those will go up on the Instagram later this week. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I think we have Star Wars and Christmas affied the Wampa's lair this year. I um, think we have. Yeah. We, we're going to have to try and see if we can get Luke back up on the ceiling uh, just so the Womp is happy with the decorations this year. Um, <laughs> otherwise, we'll have to fill in, Carl. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is fine. We can at least talk all things Star Wars. That's what we've, what we've done all these years. Um, but if uh, people want to weigh in on any of the, the scenes that we discussed or our memories that we've shared, uh, or if they want to share any of their own, uh, where can people uh, get in contact with us, Carl? Yeah, so I, I mean, our mainstay at this point, our echo base is over on Instagram. You can you can follow us there at the Wampuslayer. Uh, we still have a Twitter at Wampuslayer, and you can always email us at wampuslayerpodcast at gmail A quick note about our social media. Um, you know, I mean, Jason, you're not a big social media fan, so I, I pretty much handle all of our social media. I just want to share real quickly. I, I rarely use Twitter anymore. We still have one. Obviously, I post our new episodes there, but I often just find discourse very toxic there. So I usually just kind of avoid it. <laughs> um, that said, you know, if you really want to interact with us, I really encourage you to, to follow us on Instagram. Uh, I love Instagram, love posting there. Um, and also one final reminder, because again, as we shared last week, we are now part of the Thunderquack podcast network. We're, we're excited about, um, we're actually going to have, uh, uh, our pal, Mike Cohen, who's the, the head of Thunderquack join us next week for kind of a later in the week episode, but Jason and I will be busy doing some holiday travels at the start of the week. But, uh, Mike's going to be with us next week to talk a little bit more about, uh, Thunderquack stuff and also just like looking ahead to the new year in star Wars. Um, but also just want to encourage folks, you know, if, if you're listening to us on iTunes or on Spotify, you know, please, please give us a, a rating, you know, subscribe to the show. Uh, we always forget to plug this for years now, but we want to just remind you, you know, follow the show. Give us a, give us a review. If you, if you like us, tell your friends, we appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, give the gift of the Wampus Lair this year for Christmas, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we hope that we are a gift to you and you listening to us is a gift to us so um anything else carl that i've uh, missed uh, before we wrap this up no just you know happy happy holidays and a merry christmas to those of you who celebrate and uh we hope you all have a you know a restful time with the, the family and friends that you love and hold dear absolutely and that's going to wrap up this episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This has been episode number 537, Christmas in the Lair. For Carl, I'm Jason. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. Merry Christmas. A very merry Christmas this will be.
What is that? That, my silly friend, is the sound of bells. <laughs>